Why does Moshe Rabbeinu count the Jewish people? Well, it might depend on the circumstances, as Rashi illustrates to us in the story of uh, the Magefa after Pinchas. And when the Magefa ends, then Moshe Rabbeinu has to count the Yidden. Why does he have to count the Yidden? Well, Rashi says it's like a shepherd who wants to count his flock after they'd been attacked by wolves. We're going to have a few questions about that. Surely it is the owner of the sheep, Hashem, who wants to know how many people there are. Surely Rashi has already told us before that there are various occasions, whenever anything major changes in the community, then they have to count the Jews. And surely Rashi should be consistent because previously he spoke about the idea of counting how many there are after an epidemic. And here he's talking about wolves. What's the connection? What's the difference? If from in the Pasuk it says that after the Magefa, then Moshe Rabbeinu is going to count the hidden. Rashi says is Rashi Moisif Vegoimer. So Rashi uses that phrase as his headline and then he adds etc. So the etc obviously alludes to something, right? He's alluding to what follows next. The instruction to count the Jewish people. That Ebeshter tells Moshe Rabbeinu to count how many yin there are, and then on his Mefaresh, Rashi explains. It's a marshal of a shepherd whose flock was attacked by wolves. And a bunch of the sheep are killed, and so now the shepherd needs to calculate how many sheep are left. At face value, as many of the commentaries point out, Rashi Rashi wants to address from the The fact that the Pasuk says that it happened after the Magefa is move on, that implies. As Dermit as their minion is forgekommen, noch de Friedeke geschenisch Magefa, that obviously what Rashi wants us to know is not just the chronology. There was a Magefa, now there is a census, but rather to link them. Nor euch as der minion is given in Zusammenhang mit der Magefa. That the Torah is obviously telling us that the census is somehow linked to the Magefa. So the question immediately arises, so what is that connection? What is the connection between the census and the Magefa? The Torah is clearly linking the two, so what is the connection? So Rashi explains what the connection is. Because people have died, the responsibility of the shepherd is now to see how many people have survived. Therefore, the census follows the Magefa. Okay, that's the simplest understanding. Except that really, we know this already, don't we? We know that the Ebeshter counts Yidin regularly because he loves the Yidin. So why do you have to specify in this particular case? And it's really difficult to assume that Rashi's whole explanation over here is to try and tell us that it's because there was a Magefa and that's why they have to count. Because the child, the student, is learning Chumash, it's not the first time that he's heard that the Yidin are counted. It's not a surprise. Rashi already said at the beginning of Bamidbar, this Sefer, because of how much Hashem cherishes the Yidin, 
he constantly counts us. Was Kolsha meant, it's a yet sight when it's given a shinui in Matzav Bnei Israel. What does it mean all the time he's counting us? Whenever there's some substantial change in the circumstances of the Yidden, Hashem counts us. Rashi says it, he spells it out in the beginning of Bamidbar. The examples, when they left Mitzrayim, they were counted. When people died at the time of the Egel, very similar to our scenario, they were counted. When he was going to establish the Mishkan and put his Shechina in the Mishkan, he counted the Yidin. So, so the child will already know, based on what he's previously learned, that the fact that now Moshe is instructed to count the Jewish people after the Magaifa is this a mitochi boss in the front of, because the Ebishter loves us. Exactly like after the Egel, where there also there was a Magaifa and people died, and he wanted to know how many are left. So why does Rashi have to tell it to us? We know already. You will say, maybe Rashi feels that it's many parashiyas down the line. Maybe the student at this point will no longer remember what he learned in parashiyas by Midbar. Fine. And so Rashi could have easily just said, okay, why count them? To know how many are left. That's all. Why do you have to give this whole mushal and the, the, the sheep and the shepherd and the wolves? Which, by the way, the mushal itself is strange. Why do you need a mushal to understand this? And why the specific mushal? So, we have to understand. How does the mushal help us understand the scenario any better? Now that you know it's, a, it's like a shepherd, now you know more why we have to count the hidden. How does this mushal add to the nimshal? Is the nimshal Surely, without the mushal, the message is clear. You're talking about Moshe Rabbeinu, the ultimate faithful shepherd, who gave everything, sacrificed everything for the Eden. He counted the Yidin to know how many had survived the Magaifa, so he knows how many he remains responsible for. So who needs a marshal for this? It's such a clear, straightforward message. And the marshal itself doesn't make sense. Why is the marshal that the shepherd wants to know how many are left? Is the shepherd the one who's concerned how many sheep are left? It doesn't match properly with an imshal. Moshe didn't decide to count the Eden of his own accord. Hashem instructed him to do so. The is not the shepherd in the story. The is the owner of the sheep. It wasn't Moshe's initiative. So logically, the mushal doesn't fit. Okay, maybe you could squeeze out an answer and say, Debishter was telling Moshe to do something that Moshe already cared about doing anyway. And maybe that's why we're comparing her to the, the shepherd. That's still difficult. Because Rashi could have found a better suited mushal. 
And Marshall, that somehow the owner of the sheep is the one who wants to know what happened to his sheep. Oh, by the way, there is actually precedent for that. Gimel. Both the Medjash Tanchoma and the Medjash use the same marshal of wolves attacking sheep. But who does the counting? Dafka, the owner. So now, not only is Rashi apparently using an ill-suited marshal, but he's changing from a primary source. The primary sources spoke about the Baal Atzon doing the counting, and Rashi changes that and says the Roya is the one. And it goes deeper than that because Rashi himself previously used the marshal of the Baal Atzon. What makes it even more surprising? Rashi alone brings in Parshas Tiso. In Parshas Kisiso, where Rashi discusses why it is that Abisha said that they should count the Yidden after people died in a Magefa, following the Egel Azov, what does he say? It is like sheep that were beloved to their owner. And they were affected by an epidemic. When the epidemic ended, after the epidemic, then the owner asked the shepherd to count, see how many sheep are left. So now why is Rashi changing from his own style? Not only is it a departure from logic, not only is it a departure from the Midrash, it's a departure from his own style. And... Once you look at what Rashi says there, you pick up a few other differences. How come there, when he spoke about Jews dying in a magefa, he gave a mushal of a magefa, of dever, of an epidemic, yet here he's using the mushal of wolves. How do wolves match with a magefa? Base. Over there, after the Egel Azov, he highlights the fact that the Ebishter loves his people, like this Baal Atzon who cherished his sheep. Here, not a word. And lastly, Gimel, and the Midrashim is the Lashon Al Atzon Leteich Atzon, Rashi is Meshan Neunzok Leteich Edroi. Another very subtle difference. The Midrashim speak about how the wolves came against the sheep, and Rashi says they came against the flock. What's the difference? All right, then Rashi gives another possible explanation, another whole different reason why they should be counted. It's the handover. When the Yidden left Mitzrayim and the Jews were given to Moshe Rabbeinu's custody, they were handed over with numbers. So now, now that Moshe Rabbeinu is about to leave the Yidden and hand them back to the Ebishter, what does he do? Counts them again. We understand why this is only a second opinion. Certainly not the primary opinion. Because obviously you don't see a link between counting the Yidden as he's about to relinquish his, his responsibility, his role as the leader, that does not connect directly to Magaifa. Okay, so logically it's only a second explanation. But then that only makes it a question the other way around. 
was ist schwer in dem ersten Pirsch? Was zu dem bringt er dem zweiten Pirsch, like, welchen sie ist nicht da, die Schwerigkeit? What about the first explanation left us still wondering? Rashi only brings a second explanation if the first explanation has not done the job satisfactorily. Now, the first explanation seemed a great explanation. There was a Magaifa. Moshe Rabbeinu, the Roya, wants to know how many sheep are left. What's wrong with that? That he has to bring a second that doesn't seem to fit so neatly. Second explanation that, although it's logical, doesn't fit the context. So, what we've got to understand then is, we've got to understand the nature of the census. We've got to understand the nature of when it occurred. And, most importantly, we have to understand the nature of Moshe Rabbeinu and his responsibilities. So, the bit in them. Rashi is the reason for the need not them kishut, zwischen vayachem agefen su'u goimer. Rashi is not simply showing the flow. There was a Magaifa, it ended, now we count. He's telling us more than that. Because we've already illustrated that Rashi doesn't have to tell us that, because we already know it. There is something in those words, and it was after the Magaifa, something about that is, it raises a question for us. What raises a question? What's going to raise a question is we're going to see that after the story of Bilam's failed attempt to curse the Jewish people, he sent the women of Midian to, um, to, to seduce them. And that's what brought about this Magaifa. Now, it wasn't only a Magaifa. Some people died in the Magaifa. Many more people were killed by the Beisdin. So why are we counting how many people survived the Magaifa? Why are we not counting how many people survived the far larger series of executions? So let's see that inside. Say Pashas Bolchvet itself as in its modim leval poer zain nenishkivarn of tsvefanim. So we see that those who bowed to Baal Poer, which was the direct result of being seduced by the Midianite women, were punished in two ways. Aleph, one way is Vayichaf Hashem Beisor Shalach Bay Magaifa, that they became so called angry against them and sent a Magaifa epidemic. And the amount of people who died in that Magaifa was 24,000 people. A lot of people. And then we have an instruction from Moshe Rabbeinu to the Sanhedrin that they should execute people who were found to be guilty. Rashi explains what that meant practically. Every member of the Sanhedrin, every judge, Killed two people. There are 88,000 people. 88,000 Dayonim, each executed two people. That means that that's, that uh, amount of people was over 160,000 people. Yes, 24,000 people in Amakefe is a lot. But 160 plus, it's like 170 something thousand people. What happened? So, that's why Rashi says, wow, something about the Pasuk really doesn't make sense. Why does this Pasuk highlight that they had to count how many survivors there were of the Magaifa? 
Wenn Cheshman darf doch sein Wichtiger zu wissen, der Minen hat nicht sollen von dem Hilgeschanoschab. Surely it's much more important to know how many survived the massive execution by the Sanhedrin. Weil der Misbar Rugim ist gewesen, mehr wie sieben Mal, also ich fühle von dem Misbar Mesim bei Magefa. You had over seven times more victims. Surely that's what you have to count. So Rashi is not just simply worried about why are you counting after the Magefa. That he knows. He's asking why does the Torah emphasize that the count is because of the Magefa, rather than saying because of the total amount of deaths. Und so fein verdient mir, bringt Rashi Moshe der Rosh, nicht nur so sehr eben, Chule, Uchedere, Kamon, that Rashi answers with this Moshe, a specific Moshe, about a Roya, about a shepherd, because a shepherd has certain responsibilities, and Dafka, an attack by wolves, because perhaps that would have been preventable, which is a big part of this conversation. Der Chilik im Paschus zwischen Abala Zeyn, was heißt dem Reue Zeylen sein Zeyn, Leidemin und Isoris, und a Reue, was selts er von sich allein, fahrt dem Zweck. So, what's the practical difference between when a shepherd counts his sheep because the owner told him to, or when he counted of his own initiative? Wenn der Abala Zeyn, heißt Zeylen, die Zeyn, bricht er zu wissen, mit einem Isoris. What would motivate the owner to count his sheep? He wants to know how many sheep he has. They're his sheep, he cares about the net Worth of his flock. So, kommt es als Tetzon, er ist der Mitteisen, er ist zu drücken, die Chavivus von Tetzon. If the owner wants to count, it's because he cares about and he loves his sheep. Like Rashi said, after the Egalazov, that the Ebesha says, count my sheep so that they will know, or people will know, how, how much I cherish them. Thus says, What's the focus when the owner counts? The focus is to know how many sheep are still there. How they died? Irrelevant. Is the shepherd responsible for the deaths? Irrelevant. All the owner cares about is how many sheep are left. Whereas, if the shepherd chooses of his own volition to count the sheep to know how many are left, so he's definitely not trying to show how much he cares about the sheep. Because he has a responsibility. He wants to know what happened so that next time around he can avoid it happening again. Because he has a responsibility. He carries a responsibility. So he's assessing how successful or unsuccessful his responsibility has been and therefore what should he do going forward? Und der Rüber ist moving. Also das ist bitte scheich, wenn der Reue fühlt sich schuldig in dem, was das haben gefällt sein von Eider. So when would a shepherd initiate the count? Only if he's feeling guilty. Only if he feels that this crisis was preventable and he didn't do his job properly. Ey, Barber, es hat passiert in einem Öfen, was der Reue hat es nicht gekannt bei Wörnen. But if something happened to the sheep that there's no way the shepherd could have prevented. 
Demut muss sich nicht bei ihm zu zählen die Zeit und wissen, die Minen haben nicht so reis, denn er doesn't feel compelled to calculate how many are left, weil in seinem Auge, das Zeit von die Zeit hat gar nicht gefällt, because nothing has gone awry in his responsibilities. So there's a psychology here. The psychology of the owner is, I want to know how many assets I have. The psychology of the shepherd is, I want to know if I'm liable. Und der Mitte ist morgen der Schiene, was in der Moschel von Balazin in Pashas Tissa sagt, das ist ein Offenbar Dever, und dort bei Moschel der Rösch nicht nur so sehr Ewem. That's the key to understanding why in Pashas Kisisa Rashi uses a Moschel of Dever, Dever is outside of human control, and here it uses a Moschel of Wolves, which are preventable if the Roya was doing his job correctly. Ein Roya kann nicht verhalten seine Zähne von Dever, ohne ist der Rippe nicht schuldig, wenn Offenbar Dever. A shepherd could not prevent an epidemic and therefore is not liable for an epidemic. Aber er kann, weder aber das ist sein Tafkitz, verhalten die Zähne von Seven mit einem Makkel wie but he could prevent wolves. That's his job. That's what he's hired for. That is his responsibility to prevent wolves from attacking. Und ob es passiert, dass nicht nur so Seven kommt, aber Hörgeben, ist das der Schuld von dem Roy? So if wolves got into the into the pen and attacked the sheep, he is liable. He did not do his job. Und der Rippe bei Moshe von Balazin, was ist, was in sein Gewebes zu dezeln, ist nicht talking gelegt, wie er sich dezeln in seinen Umgekommen genau. Therefore, when you're using a Moshe to speak about the psychology of the owner, who's not so concerned about what happened as much as by what the result of what happened is, sagt Ashi, in Offenbar Dever, Sarashi says, they were impacted by Dever. Und der in as we'll see a little bit later in the Sicha, what happened after the Egel Azov is much more like Dever than like wolves. Whereas here in this scenario, it's very much a story that is similar to a story of wolves whether Roya could have prevented it. So now we're understanding the key point that Rashi wants to convey. Moshe Rabbeinu is doing an analysis of behalf, something that perhaps he could have stopped. The devil is moving the tirot safe them open them onto Tmi and divert Vayachem again for Durch the Moshe the Roya Vechule. Now we can explain why it had to say that's when you count the Yidin because there's something about the Magefa that perhaps Moshe could have done differently. Das, was es haben gefällt in Rachmanetzan durch dem, was die Schäfte soll haben geharget, die Schanoschow. The fact that Jeden were executed by the Sanhedrin. Ist es doch gewinnen an Öfen, was besser hat sie gemischt und dann gewinnen Misa. They went through a fair trial, according to Torah law, and they were found objectively to be guilty and needed to be executed. Und wenn Mehl hat sich Moshe Rabbeinu nicht gekannt, vielen Schuldig in seinem Umkommen, und sie dem Zellen, die nicht sorry. There's no reason for Moshe Rabbeinu to feel guilty. We went through due process. There was an objective court case. The courts ruled, nothing I could do. There's no way to overturn that. So Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't carry any guilt over that. And this is obviously Magaifa. But why was there Magaifa? Why did 24,000 people die? Well, when Moshe Rabbeinu looks at himself very critically, he says, maybe it was my fault. Maybe I didn't react quickly enough. And he didn't. Pinchas was the one who reacted. So, was ihr abstellt, hat gehabt, dass Scheiches mit Moshe Virasche bringt darauf im Seif Pashas Bolok. Rashi tells us that that Magefa had a direct correlation, direct connection to Moshe Rabbeinu. Why? Because Niskab to Shifto Shoshim and Chulei. The whole Shevet Shimon came in front of Moshe Rabbeinu with the story of Zimri and Cosby. 
They said to him, Is this Cosby permitted to Zimri to marry or not? He forgot the halacha at that point. Or more correctly, the halacha was concealed from him. And we'll see in a moment that that's the point. The halacha was concealed from him. Then Pinchas was the one who remembered the halacha and he took the law into his hands. He killed Zimri and that's what stopped the Magaifa. So Moshe Rabbeinu is introspective and he thinks to himself. Even though Rashi is absolutely clear that this is not an indictment on Moshe Abeno at all, but the reason Hashem hid the halacha from Moshe at that moment was that Pinchas could come into his own greatness. That's Abishta's perspective that Moshe Abeno doesn't carry any responsibility for what happened. But Moshe, in his own personal introspection, thought, or could have thought, not that it was a gzera melamayla, but that he actually forgot the halacha. And that was the direct cause of delaying the end of the magefa. So Moshe feels personally responsible for how many people died. Fewer people could have died if he knew the halacha just like that. We know that Abisha held the halacha from him. Moshe Abeno introspects and says, maybe I didn't remember. So now we get what Rashi is doing. The problem in this pasuk is why does it say that there's something about the magefa that precipitated the counting? Why is it not the whole amount of people who died? Why specifically the magefa? Says Rashi, I'll tell you why. Because this is a royal counting. This census was precipitated. This was motivated by Moshe Rabbeinu. Why would Moshe Rabbeinu want to do it? Why would a Roya ever count? Because he feels he hasn't done his job properly. And that's what's happening here. Number one, Moshe initiated the census. Or at least he wanted the census. And the purpose of the census is to know how many survived, not the whole story, but specifically the Magaifa. Because Moshe wanted to know the fallout from something that he believed he could have possibly prevented. Because he's comparing himself to the shepherd who could have prevented the, the wolves coming in, or at least prevented some of the carnage. Moshe did not have this guilt at the time of the Egel Azov for a very obvious reason. There was no direct relationship between him and the Egel Azov and anything that he could have done at that moment to prevent it. So therefore Moshe has no motivation why he personally should feel the need to count the Yidden after the Chet Egel because he knows that he doesn't carry any guilt over it. That's why in that Rashi, how does Rashi explain the Moshal? Firstly, it's the relationship or the attitude of the owner to the sheep. 
as a meaning kumnit mitzadim roya not mitzadim balatzein demeibishen, that it's a counting initiated not by the shepherd because the shepherd doesn't feel jittery, but by the owner of the sheep because the kind of magayfa that happened then was similar to an epidemic, meaning something that the shepherd could not have in any way prevented. So why does the Ebishter want the, the, the animals to be, the, the, the sheep to be counted? Why? Because he loves them and he cares about them. So that's the explanation that Rashi gives. It's a beautiful explanation, but it's got a missing piece, which is why he has to also bring a second explanation. What's missing in the first explanation? Even Eden, Hobbins, Ich, Devon, Kifun, and Barbus, Mavim, Eveliad, and Yerechoi. The Eden are now on the border of Eretz Israel. Great Arains again in Eretz Israel. They're about to go into Eretz Israel. On his shame, give vend, Xerifolis, Avias, Akola, Zeloritz, Goimer, and Moisha Abain has already been told, this is it. The end of the line for him. He is no longer going to be the leader of the Jewish people. He's not taking them into the land. It's Moisha going to. Leave his people. That's why soon after this, we're going to be told, Moshe Rabbeinu, go to Arvus, unto Har, uh, Har Avorim, and have a look at the land. And then, he's going to be told to appoint Yehoshua as the next leader. Because the logic we use to say, why does the shepherd ever feel that he needs to count the sheep? Because if he feels he had lapsed in his duties, he has to know how to do better in the future. Then Yehoshua should have been one of the people involved in the census because he's the next leader. He's the one who has to know how to prevent such a disaster in future. So there is the missing piece of the first beautiful explanation. Even though maybe you could answer, look, Debishter knew it's still going to be a few months until Moshe Rabbeinu actually takes leave of the Jewish people. So it is actually relevant for Moshe for the next few months to do the census and know how to prevent another Pirza in the future. But then still, to imagine that you're not going to include Yehoshua, who's going to lead the Yidin for years. So Rashi has to give a second explanation. Because to try and force this answer and try and say, Moshe's still got a few months on the job, it's just not good enough. If the whole purpose of saying that the shepherd counts is because of the psychology of the shepherd to ensure that he doesn't do the same thing again next time there's no reason why Yeshua should not be included therefore Rashi brings a second explanation and that explanation actually fits logically to say look it is it's because it's Moshe at the end of his duties that's why he's counting to return them with a census as he Received them with a census. 
Aber auch der zweite Pirsch ist noch schwer wie der erste, weil er ist, der Mine nicht verbunden mit, weil hier Achrem Agefer noch mit Korev Lomus, as we mentioned right at the beginning. Obviously, this is a much weaker explanation because it has no direct contact with the words, weil hier Achrem Agefer. If anything, it has connection to Moshe passing away. Und der Rebbe bringt das Rashi nur als zweiten Pirsch. That's why Rashi only can bring it as the second explanation. Und der erste Pirsch ist der Pirsch, and the primary explanation remains the first explanation. Davon verstehen. There's still a lingering question. Aber was ist der Attacke gewendet, wenn er mit seinem Reu Moshe Abeno und nicht mit seinem Mensch in der Balazain? Why in fact was it Moshe who wanted to count the Yidden over here? Why in fact is it not the Epistel who's driving this census? Um mit der Kavona zu wissen, kann man euch über Himmel hier schicken, und why don't you hear from the Epistel the same theme that you normally hear? They beloved to me, I care about them, and therefore I want to count them. Und damals wollte es gewinnen, ja, sei die Neusorin von der Magie von, sei die von Hirgisch an Aschabuchenal. In which case, by the way, that the census would have related not only to those who died in the Magie, but to everybody who died during this period. As mein Balazin ist, wenn ich gerne in Yamin kann, darf ich nicht wie als ich die Zensen umgekommen. Because as we mentioned, if you're looking from the perspective of the owner, he's not so fixated on the details of how they died as much as that they died. So why Takes are coming from Moshe, not so much from Hashem? So the answer is this. And based on this, we're going to actually get a very powerful uh, lesson. The situation was such that the Yidden had interacted and created intimate relationships with non-Jewish women. The fact that the Torah makes it clear, and Rashi speaks about it in very clear terms, that this is a scenario where you don't even have to go to Basin and you don't even have to have witnesses, but the, the zealot takes the law into his own hands as Pinchas did and killed them there on the spot, that drives home the message even to a child learning this, that we're dealing with very serious things, a very serious uh, Avera. Bizas is hot gebracht zum verloren gehen von Arum 200,000 in... Imagine that this is something that is so serious it kills 200,000 or more. Like Rashi said right at the beginning of the story when Bilam proposed this to Balak and Bilam said the God of the Jews hates promiscuity. So then it's just inappropriate at this point to say that Nebuchadnezzar wants to show how much he loves them. <laughs> this is not the time. This is not the time to express that love. This is a time where they have rejected that love. And they have acted in a way that causes Hashem's hatred. In fact, you can even look at this from an halachic perspective. And it will add more value. The Rambam writes that a person who, inter- who, who has an intimate relationship with a non-Jewish woman is worse than all the other forbidden relationships in this way. A person who commits incest or adultery, his child, is still absolutely his child. And the child is still 100% Jewish. Maybe a mamzer, perhaps 100% Jewish. But if a person has a child with a non-Jewish woman, it's not his child, from a halacha point of view. 
Mavid Nefoshis Misol Al Yedei De Ozil Zarim Basro. Like the Rogachava phrases it, we actually destroy the potential Jewish soul because she follows, or the child follows, the mother's religion. Dosest. By Allah and Averus, Velchas is all in Zion. Any other Avera, no matter what. No other Avera crosses the boundary that Hashem made between us and the rest of the world. A person does the worst Avera and they remain 100% Jewish. But when a person sires a child with a non-Jewish woman, takes a person who should have been Jewish, and now pushes that person into the world of the non-Jewish reality, the person who does that Avera, Everything Hashem does is So they've pushed this child away from the Shechina. They get pushed away from Hashem's love. As the Rambam himself says, this is an Avera that causes a person to become attached to the non-Jewish world, which they just told us we have to be separate from. Therefore, it's out of the question to suggest that this is a time where Hashem is now going to show His love by wanting to count them. Any person who was not involved in the Savera is not a survivor because it's not in any way related to those people. There's like no connection. Those who died are another faction. They're no longer part of the community. We don't have to count their remainders. So from the Abish's point of view as the Baalatzoin, no need to count of yet. Those are as if they were never my sheep. Whereas from the Roya's point of view, he wants to know, was I not as responsible as I should have been? He wants to count. This story, and specifically the angle that Rashi gives us on it, teaches us two very dramatically different lessons. On the one hand, the story shows us how terrible the Avera of intermarriage is. It's a double whammy. Not only is the child disqualified as being Jewish because he follows his mother, the person who was Jewish is now no longer in this chavivos, in this bubble of closeness of Hashem as a Jew should be. So you can only begin to imagine the incredible merit of somebody who can prevent this happening even just once. Even one person, once. And that includes people who are already in that situation, the schus of getting them out. So that's on the one hand. It's so devastating in its spiritual repercussions. Yet on the other hand, you see, and at the same time, you see that Moshe Rabbeinu, as the 
real faithful shepherd of Eden, runs to look after these Jews too, even to the point of Messias Nefesh. That's why he wants to count them and he wants to show that I still care about them. I want to know how many are left. They are still his flock. As Rashi used the expression. Not only are they on the fringes, they live inside his flock. What more beautiful way could you get for the Rebbe to describe himself and that becomes a direct lesson to us. That every single one of us has the responsibility. If the Abishta doesn't want to have the Chavivas with that particular person because of how they behaved, that's not me who should do that. My responsibility, they're part of our flock. I have to engage with them, work with them, and hopefully turn them around.